Man, Apple event yesterday. Pretty crazy. Yeah. The keynote, virtual keynote. Virtual keynote. I've been hooked on Apple keynotes ever since I can remember. And I, I remember this is probably 2000, I would say 2006, 2007, 2008. Uh, you know, Steve Jobs, well on his way back in at Apple. And uh, before the iPhone was announced, you know, iPhone was announced in September of 2007, if I remember right, or sometime around there. And I remember almost religiously watching these Steve Jobs keynotes. And I would actually like tear them apart. I would make notes and I would pause and I would say, oh, well, Steve Jobs did this here and this there because the quality of his presentations compared to any other CEO keynote that I watched were like 2x at least. And it was especially evident when he had another CEO join him on stage. And this is not a knock on the other CEOs. You know, they're obviously very skilled and awesome what they do. And there's a specific moment that really sticks out in my head. And and it was during the iPhone announcement. You know, he's building hype for this thing. And then he announces his partner, not not his partner, you know, Apple's partner for uh, for the original iPhone, which was at that point singular communication, which would be, you know, bought out by AT&T soon thereafter. And the CEO of Singular comes on, or may have already been AT&T Wireless at that point. And just the difference <laughs> between Steve Jobs and this CEO, and I forgot his name. It wasn't Randall Stevens. It was somebody else, you know, came on stage and he was fine, but Steve Jobs is so much better. Yeah, that, that's definitely a risk you run when you might even be world-class at something, but the relative skill difference between you and the person that just went before you is massive. Yeah. And it just kind of makes you look like a dope, even though you're not. No, he, um, he was great. And going after any other CEO in any other context, he would have been wonderful. Going after Steve Jobs during the iPhone presentation at an Apple keynote, really hard act to follow. And I realized this and I would always just take notes. You know, how does he structure his presentation? How does he unveil things? His very famous one more thing that he would do at the end the way that he uh, presents and paces things, really just incredible. So I studied those a lot. And there's a big shift when he got sick. Big shift when Steve, Steve got sick. More people were started to be involved. You know, before it was the Steve Jobs show. And he was presenting all the stuff and he would hype it all up. And, you know, now you had Phil Schiller and uh, Craig Federini and some of those other folks, right, that would be presenting things. Uh, at some point, Tim Cook started to join and, and present things. And when it you know, really became clear that he was going to be the next CEO. And you know, then you had a keynote where, where Jobs was absent. You know, he was so sick. And then um, sadly, a couple of keynotes later, you know, he wasn't with us anymore. And, and the Apple keynote has really evolved since then, but not much. The... The mechanics of the keynote, still very familiar. There's a stage. The presenter would go up on stage. They would unveil some you know, next product. They would talk about their progress and key features and all those sort of things. And I'm going to say you know, some of the magic of the Steve Jobs era of Apple keynotes was gone. But it was, they're still very good. I, I kind of like what you said around Steve Jobs. It's not the same, but he's left his imprint on it. And it's left space for Apple to evolve to be more decentralized in the presentation, to not rely on any one person, but it ultimately has that really tight polish and flair uh, and multiple 
angles and really just outclasses every other kind of virtual performance that we've seen to date. And, you know, but I still compare it to the Steve Jobs era because it's what happens. Apple still hasn't had a breakthrough product since Jobs has passed, right? The last breakthrough product was probably the iPad. People might say it's the Apple Watch, but I just don't think that it's been the breakthrough product that, you know, the iPhone or the original Mac or the iPod uh, or even the iPad has been. I think I saw a statistic where Apple is like one of the world's top watch manufacturers now, which is crazy in such a short amount of time. And I do like how integrated the watch is into the Apple ecosystem. But is it a breakthrough product? I don't think so. You know, I was really just blown away. And they've now done this, I think, three times. You know, they've had three keynotes since the pandemic has started, which has prevented them from getting a bunch of journalists into an auditorium, going up on a black stage and presenting things off of a keynote behind them. Right? Like they can't do that anymore. And so it pushed them into like, what the heck can we do? And the one that just happened yesterday was the third. And I think it now has helped them break away. And I no longer need to compare their product unveil sort of keynotes to what Steve Jobs used to do. They've now, it's not an evolution, right? It's just, it's a complete rethinking because they were challenged by the constraints of, quote, what people are calling the new normal, right? And what's interesting to me is that everyone's challenged in the same way. And I'm going to go back to, you know, about a month ago, whenever it was, the two national conventions from the big political parties. You know, arguably, there's a lot at stake for both parties. And they had to present and do these things in a virtual way. And it felt like they were produced by like a high school audio visual club. I mean, it was almost like shameful. And this goes back to your analogy of the CEO that came on from Singular right after Jobs right? So Apple has absolutely set the standard for how to curate and create and execute an event like this. And everybody should be doing what you were doing early on and taking those notes and figuring out how to steal whatever they can from that method. Because what we're saying is your digital virtual event was terribly produced compared to a world-class organization like Apple. And that is where uh, like you said, everybody is facing the exact same situation, but companies like Apple, for instance, are absolutely thriving through this. And you see, you can really start to see the the difference in quality and craftsmanship across the board because now it is so front and center. You're so right. And I, I think it's like one of these like lemon lemonade moments. And I've gone on Twitter. I went on Twitter yesterday just to research this topic and just to get sentiment because that's, this is the way that I felt. My feeling and the general feeling, I think, is people don't want Apple to go back to their old ways of presenting the products. Like people really love the new produced virtual presentations and they don't want to go back to the stage. And, and Tim Cook is like the MC now. That's right. And, he, and, and at the very end, he sort of like it was really... Um, I don't know if in, inspiring is quite the right word. That might be a little too, uh, a little bit too much. But he kind of told you what he told you. He was in that sort of all glass room and outlined. It's like, hey, HomePod, we care about your security, and just kind of went into. We're really excited about building products that make a difference in your life. And I believed him, which was which was nice. Like it was a good feeling as a user of their products uh, that somebody there cares about 
how I'm personally impacted by the tools that they build that I use. But it was cool, yeah, to see like different stages and different uh, techniques of presentation. And you had the the home sets where you could see how the HomePod would integrate with your life. And it was a much more immersive experience. And And the interesting question is, could they have done that with Steve Jobs still around? And the level of control and focus on that singular person, would he have been able to decentralize like Tim Cook did? Because I'm with you, man. What What I saw uh, yesterday was on another level and I think will inform how Apple curates and orchestrates these events into the future. It, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and I spent a lot of time geeking out on the technical production parts of it. It was, you know, because there's, there's these transition points where you go from set to set and I'm, I'm watching the transition and in my head, I'm like, how the F did they do that? Like, I, I don't understand how they were able to get this shot. And I'm trying to piece together. I'm like, okay, you know, did they 3D render all these things and then have a sort of 3D camera fly through everything? I was like, no, they, they didn't 3D render this. You know, it's like a drone shot. It's got to be a drone shot, right? And so it's like, oh, did they use this programmatic like drone <laughs> method? Like did, they had to create their own sort of setup for that, right? Like that's not available in, in a production model, you know? So uh, it was just even just trying to figure out like, how did they technically achieve these shots and these transitions? Um, it was pretty incredible. At first I thought it was all green screen, but then as you like watch the shadows and stuff on the floors, you're like, no, that's not a green screen. Like they're doing this live in, in this, in these sets. And, um, and so then it's like, whoa, how do they solve all these other problems? It was just pretty incredible from a production design, uh, standpoint. And I was like nerding out the whole time, not just on the content, but, but also on like, how did, how did they technically achieve this? Really, really awesome. And they found that balance too, of flash and pomp and circumstance and showmanship. And then went right into like, here's all the details of all the core technology and specs that we're putting into this. And it was a really nice way to come in and out of, of the products. And and I had a similar thought when, when Tim Cook was in that big room, I'm like, how, there's hard surfaces all over the place. Like, how does he sound so good? And uh, just even the shots when they show the Apple headquarters at night and you just have like a few people walking around in them to show a little bit of movement. But it's like, it seems even that seemed like, choreographed and and really intentional and, and thought through, which it might not have been, it might've been a total accident, but they really, to your point, had it all come together and they sweated the details big time. Really, really showed. And just a really great example of having these unforeseen constraints thrown on you and responding to them in a such a way and being ready as an organization to respond that now I just want to keep watching the new style of product presentations from them. I don't want them to go back to kind of their old school. Now it seems outdated, right? Like you go back and you watch the other presentation. You're like, isn't that quaint? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and one, one thing I wanted to add to it, and we hadn't talked about this yet, but you know, anyone who's listening, if you own a mutual fund in any kind of retirement account or brokerage account, if you have a 401k, you are invested in Apple. Actually, quite a bit uh, if you just have a broad, uh, low-cost index fund. A lot of that allocation is in Apple. 
And for me, sometimes I like to think about, oh, you know, as a part owner, as an investor uh, in Apple, how does this make me feel, the decisions that they're making? And it was cool to see uh, more uh, distance behind the curtain than just Steve Jobs, to your point. You get to see people who are engineers and product specialists, and they're the ones that have worked on the product, uh, and they get to come and talk about it. And it was really cool to see that that breadth of uh, of coordination across the company. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I understand a little bit more about Apple as an organization now, even though I know it was curated, I know it was highly scripted, it was still cool to see more than one person, right? Yeah. And I mean, they've really blown out of the water. You know, I kind of mentioned that in the post Steve Jobs era, you know, you started to see a lot more people on stage presenting things, but it was sort of a rotating cast of maybe five characters, right? So you'd see Phil Schiller when John Ive uh, was still there, you'd see Johnny Ive. Uh, when Scott Forstall was there, you'd see Scott, right? And But now, like, I can't keep track <laughs> uh, of all the people who are presenting, and they're so much closer to the product. They're passionate. You know, they've got their hands in it. And it's really awesome to see their energy for what what they're creating and, and how it affects people's lives. And uh, it also seems much more inclusive. And it gives a lot more opportunities for for everyone to shine, not just a handful of you know executives at the top who you know may or may not be that close to the product. Yeah, and, and how many how many organizations are completely dependent on a few core people, and when they go, things fall apart. Right? That actually that happened to Apple once already, and now if you take this one event and extrapolate that out, it's like okay, well. I don't think the survival of, of Apple is dependent on any one person. And it just, there's so much talent and passion and skill there uh, that the, I think they could really take things to the next level, which seems crazy given their size, but that's, that's a heck of a way to scale into whatever's next for them. Yeah. You know, I continuously feel better about Apple. You know, I, I know I gave them, I gave them a bit of a hard time at the beginning of our chat around not having a breakthrough product, you know, their real big breakthrough, I think, for the last year or so is focusing on their services model. And, you know, their hardware ecosystem allows them to have all this service income that's associated with it. And, you know, maybe they're no longer dependent on a breakthrough, one breakthrough device like the iPod or the iPhone. You know, they're now more adaptive because they're able to just augment their ecosystem, both from a hardware perspective and new devices. They don't have to be groundbreaking. They just have to work well and all the services that run on top of them, right? I think that's a much more sustainable adaptive model. And, you know, as, as an Apple shareholder, I'm much more excited about that as far as financial outcomes than if I were sitting back and waiting for them to hit the jackpot with the next hardware device, because that's a hard game. (laughs) You know, Apple had, has done it. Um, more than most, but to believe that a company could continuously do something like that, I, I don't know if I have enough faith in any company to do that. Well, especially if you're so reliant on that model and then you have one flop, that could really set you back. And so there is a diversification of port revenue streams and, and things like that that are all, as someone bought into the Apple ecosystem, they're all beneficial to me. Like I want more of those things, not less. 
Uh, and so it, it really helps Apple as a firm and also provides more value to their customers. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that model as well. Robert, now the big question, you know, we both watched the keynote. What product or feature had you the most excited? And are you warming up your American Express? I like the Pro Max a lot. I'm really in- excited to see what happens with the Mini and how that either s- takes on or doesn't. My wife, is, she's, she's an iPad Mini user. Uh, she's got smaller hands. And so I think that's definitely something she'd be interested in next time. And it's so like portable. And that that iPhone 12, uh, like sort of commercial that they aired there was that better encapsulated really what I was talking about where stuff was spilling on the iPhone and they're just shaking it off. And it's just like fully rugged and integrated, but looks, looks really good. And, and aesthetic is such a big thing for, for you and I, it's like packages all of those things together. And so the largest screen, the, the pro max kind of like workhorse full end spec phone is what I'm excited about. But I'm also really curious on on the mini as well. If I could give you two answers to one question. So what what item are you, what product release are you most excited about? Phones have over time ballooned to pretty comical proportions where they're really kind of like at the max level, they're kind of mini tablets almost. So, um, you know, to me, the ideal phone was probably the iPhone 5 which was the size of the new iPhone 12 mini. So I think, I think that's, that's going to hit a real sweet spot. You know, it's, um, you know, what is it? $700, something like that. Right. So it's, uh, it's in that magic price point where it's not over a grand and it's, it's a good device, right? It's a good device. Um, so really excited to see what happens with the mini. I'm in the same boat as you. Thanks for the chat. Robert, I'm glad we could catch up on our uh, shared passion of, you know, Apple and keynotes. Yeah. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. The, the thing that I like most about starting a podcast with you and Charles is w- this is something that we would have been talking about at, ex- at Ascension or Foxtrot or Starbucks. Uh, but unfortunately still can't go there. Uh, so it was really good to sort of sit down and have some tea. I'm drinking black tea as well. So not coffee today, but, um, it was, it was great to sort of sit down and nerd out with you about this. Uh, and I like that we can, we can still have these conversations, even though we're not in the same place physically. So thanks a lot, man. I loved it. Thanks. Thanks Robert. See you later. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at want to grab coffee or drop us a line at hello at want to grab coffee.com. 